You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to session two. I am so excited that you are here for season five. I really, really just can't thank y'all enough for being here and for listening and for being on this journey. I hope you are enjoying getting to know Erica. I think you guys are going to just love this session. It is such an important conversation on growth and money and mindset. And I just think it is so beautiful that Erica went here with us and let us hear this and witness this. So I think if you are personally growing right now, if you're having money mindset challenges, if you are feeling guilty sometimes as you make more, this episode is going to serve you so, so much. So here is the session and I really hope y'all enjoy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I've been thinking about it today and I feel, I feel good. (laughs) (laughs) you're like I have to really think about it but I'm pretty sure (laughs) good (laughs) no one rarely asks me I mean (laughs) I'm not victimizing myself but like you know as a business owner and mother and all of the things I'm like so invested in everyone else's well-being that I rarely consider how I'm doing myself yeah yeah (laughs) it's important to sit with them let's sit with that for another minute with is the answer definitely good (laughs) Um, yes, it is. It is. Um, and, um, one of the things that I have been feeling lately, um, is just an increased ability to actually feel grateful. Mm. Uh, so my, um, my mental health has improved a lot over the last two months. Um, cause it's been, it's been a rocky road, <laughs> um, but it's improving yeah. and I, um, you know, one of the contributing factors is definitely that I feel so much more ease and mm-hmm. like success in my business. And obviously having you on board is also feeling like I wrote in the form, I think it was, that it's just so nice to just not feel so lonely at the top. Yes, totally. <laughs> you know, um, because all of the decisions and all of the feelings and, you know, I have I have good friends and I have lots of friends that are also in the industry that are coaches and that, you know, help me. But everyone's got their own stuff. So, <laughs> and as a coach who's holding so many people through such deep processes and their stuff, sometimes it just feels so lonely. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's also just feeling like, we're supposed to be a certain way with all of that, right? Versus like being able to be like all of those things. Like I'm really grateful and I've had a hard week and this and it's amazing and my lunch is going really well and I feel lonely and like, right? To be all of those things at once. I love how important this first part is when Erica says that as a mom and a business owner, she's really asked how she is, right? And this is truly something that is so valuable about coaching. And I think definitely one-on-one coaching is just having someone ask and care and having a whole session that's about you and having a whole session that is about how you are doing, right? And so just a reminder that we all need those things in those spaces, especially if you're a mom, especially as a business owner, we have so many things on our plates that we're holding and carrying. Right. And so having that space for it to just matter how you are is so valuable and so important, whether that's with a coach or a friend or a partner or whatever it is. But having that is so key. So just a reminder that it does matter how you are, even if it's you asking yourself that sometimes and just pausing and taking that moment to say, how am I really? is so key or giving that gift to someone else. How are you really? Tell me how you really are is so beautiful. So just a little reminder and loved that Erica pointed that out and shared that and wanted to make sure we took note of that and took a lesson here. Yeah. And my son got sick and he's been home for a week and I'm like, oh, where's that office? (laughs) 
Yes. (laughs) Where is that office? Tell me about that. Um, It's probably not further than like two kilometers away and probably not further than like a month away. (laughs) Okay. Like a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good though because I feel like your business has kind of gone to a new level and I think that's almost reflecting that, right? As being like, I'm not just like doing this little thing. I'm like – Running a five-figure-a-month business. Like, we got to have some space for that to live, right? Yes, exactly. Um, It's definitely felt like um, an up-leveling and a kind of like I've outgrown my apartment in terms of – and that doesn't mean that I could not – it doesn't mean that I'm not professional or I'm not – you know, it doesn't mean anything – other than yes, I desire a place to work in that is not my bedroom or my office. And be, with the pandemic, my husband kind of swooped in and it's been this like, yeah, you know, crowded situation. Together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and then you have um, Sam home for the week and it's just a lot. Mm. Yeah. So I want a space that also just for ease of like I have my docking so I can just you know plug in my computer the screen is set up so when I feel like inspired or when something comes through it's so easy to do work because now it's like okay so I want to record so I have to set everything up and I have to make sure that you know my husband is quiet and the alarms on his thing doesn't go off and you know what are the thing what are the neighbors doing and you know and then I've totally lost my it's not that I need to be inspired to do work, but I've lost the momentum or like the momentum is so hard to get into. Well, totally. And I think sometimes like it almost feels like the outcome isn't worth the things we'd have to do to get there. Like for one, I'm just making this up, but like for one Insta story segment or whatever, <laughs> to have to do all of that is very intense, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been thinking about it's actually one of the things that has been holding me back yeah. from doing more uh, spontaneous and daily Instagram stories that I don't just have the place, you know, to plug in my phone and just be like, all right, let's bang it out in 10 minutes. But it just feels like, where do I want to do it? Do I want to do it on the balcony? What's the background? Is it okay to move around all the time? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I could mm-hmm. just simplify it and just do it wherever. Um but that's not how I want to work, you know? Yeah, listen, I think you you absolutely could. I don't think that's going to affect, like, the experience of the person consuming it. But I think when you have to make 13 decisions <laughs> to get there of, like, is it raining? Are they loud? Is the balcony work? What's the husband doing? Whatever. Like, you, it, you're just fatigued by the time you even get to that thing. And then to – also yeah. have to think about, and now what shall I say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, it's like you hit a wall, right? Mm. Yes, every time, every day, a little bit. Um, and I just want to ha- you know, I'm also um, quite the adventurer and like, I, need, I need my alone time. Um, and yeah. as much as it's really wonderful to be around my family, uh, I also... <laughs> I've also had enough of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. Um, I, I feel mean, like I need my anything. I need my like tough. you know woman cave or whatever, like the equivalent of you know a place where I can go and I have my speaker and I have my place and I can just you know be by myself. I really want that. I think what's so beautiful too is to be able to not that you need to do anything to like earn that or deserve that, but to also be able to connect it to the business growth. Like the business is helping me get that cave, get that time, get that space. Again, it's not like an earn it thing, but I think it is beautiful to see how those, it's like an even exchange there where like the more you pour in the business, the more stuff can get poured back into you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a reward. Um, Yes. Definitely, definitely a reward. And um and I definitely see it increasing productivity. Like it's a, obviously an upward spiral or like a positive upward yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, momentum of pouring 
into the business, business pouring into me and being able to be like, well, do I want to have a coffee here? Do I want to go for lunch? Like I, then I don't have to involve lots of other people and like leave the house and say goodbye and say hello and all of the things. <laughs> you know? um, <laughs> it's so, it's funny because it's true, it's right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm at work. <laughs> yes. And these Absolutely. days I love my work. So, um, yeah, so definitely feels like a reward. So I've been looking, um, I've been late night, late night Googling uh, office hotels and spaces. And there are some really wonderful ones here where I live. Amazing. So I am. Oh, that's um, so good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out and book like a orientation or whatever. And um, yeah, check them out and see what makes sense. Oh my gosh, so good. Yes. I feel like I just I can just feel that like um ease that comes with that, right? Yeah, it feels like it feels like a big sigh. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Agree. So good. This was such an important conversation around how many decisions sometimes we have to make to do something and how we need to be able to sometimes minimize those decisions in order to be able to get something done. And so obviously in this case, permission to get an office out of the house to do that, right? But just noticing sometimes how many small decisions we have to make, like where am I gonna film this? When is it? What lighting do I need? What do I need to get out? What do I need to get ready? What do I need to have this call? Where do I need to be? What needs to happen? Like all of that can become so draining and can make a task that feels simple, like record a video, become really difficult and overwhelming. And it can feel like, well, I just don't like video or things like that. But so often it's about how many decisions and how much thought has to go into even getting ready to do it. So really feeling into the idea of like, where is this showing up for me and my business? Like maybe it is around space for you and the permission to get an office is important, or maybe it's around setting up your space in a way that facilitates this even more, or maybe it has nothing to do about space, but you're making 32 decisions about something else in your business before you get to do it. But the idea of minimizing decisions and making it easy for ourselves to do things is so relevant in business because if we have to make a ton of decisions before we even start a task, that task is going to feel harder and harder. So look at where that's happening in your business, whether you need that permission to get the office or something totally different, see how you can minimize decisions there and make the task so much easier. Okay, cool. So tell me, I know we were kind of talking about, um, mastermind stuff, how you're feeling about that. I know we want to kind of go over some more strategy, like just give me a little bit of a brain dump there. Um, mastermind field. We can also talk launch stuff too. You tell me. Um, right. So launch stuff, let's begin there. Uh, launch stuff feels really great. I'm really pleased. I know I said like, oh, I'm disappointed or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like dominating feeling is I'm really pleased. I'm really grateful. Um, it was a 40% increase in revenue. Like that's amazing. That's freaking amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And while, you know, 100, 200, 300% would be also amazing. Like, I don't have to get... (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to get too ahead of myself. Um, So that feels really wonderful. The first live call was yesterday. And like I said, last time, it just feels... Last time we talked, it just feels like there's not that... Not that it was fatigue after last launch, but it just feels like, oh, I, well, I just posted on Instagram. It's like, I don't have to hide from social media. Yeah. I feel like everything's smooth. Most things are automated. The weekly newsletter went out today. Like the machine is like, it feels like kind of well-oiled. Yes. And that includes me. Uh, yes, totally. So that feels really wonderful. So overall, just really wonderful. So I really just want to point out how Erica can have a 40% increase in revenue in her launch and she can feel both disappointed and amazing. And I think that's so key. Um, And I think it's so important for us all to hear this, whether you're someone that, you know, hasn't had the 40% increase yet and are somewhat glamorizing it and thinking all will feel perfect then, this is really great information that 
you know, we still have challenges along the way or whether you have had that big increase and it feels weird to have those like dual emotions of that disappointment and amazing kind of thing. It's just so helpful to give permission around that because I think so many of us feel like that. Like no matter how much we have an increase, like there's always more, right? There's always a bigger goal. So it's okay to feel disappointed sometimes. And we can't let that disappointment mean it isn't amazing, right? It isn't freaking amazing that she got a 40% increase. So being able to hold both of those simultaneously is so, so important because there will always be a bigger goal. And it's always amazing when we're moving forward in business. And so just a little reminder, no matter where you're at, on that line, having experienced that or not experienced that yet, it is so possible to hold both. And it is not always, you know, perfect and glamorous and we're just always celebrating, but the disappointment doesn't have to take away how amazing it is either. And I also kind of feel like, <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit guilty for making this much money mm. it's, and it being so easy. Yeah. Like, does it really get to be this easy? And like, having said that, I've been doing this work for <laughs> four years and, you know, it has definitely not been easy in growing and pushing myself and starting the Instagram and putting myself out there and doing all the things and, you know, everything, running a business during a pandemic and, you know, running a business while being a mother, like all of that. But when it actually comes to launching something that is created it feels so easy and there was a little bit of guilt like or like oh like should i keep Almost this a like, secret right right like you're getting away with something kind of yes yeah like it's a bit naughty yeah totally i think that completely makes sense and i feel like it's so um it's so almost like, I think as women especially, we almost feel like there's like some apology associated with that. Like we almost should be apologetic that we like accidentally did this thing, even though it wasn't on accident at all and it's been built over years and da-da-da, but it kind of can feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like your primary guilt is around anything specific? Like is it to other women that are working harder? Is it to the women in the program? Is it to – other people you see struggling in coaching, like, is there anything that you you tie that to or does it just feel kind of like this underlying feeling? So it used to be tied to, so my background is in nursing um, yeah. and nurses in Sweden earn like fuck all. It's absolutely horrendous and one of the reasons why I left the job. Mm -hmm. um, um, So there's a little bit of guilt to like all the nurses I left behind on the sinking boat. <laughs> <laughs> you you jump ship and they're still on the boat kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to get better. <laughs> yeah. And I made a conscious choice to leave, right? Everyone's free yes. to do what they want. Um, but yeah. So there's a little bit of guilt towards them. And like, honestly, I don't work a lot. I don't work e weekends, like, like <laughs> you know, uh, and and I think also there's a guilt to like the the general like poor people group. Yeah, and I think like that's something that you also really have to battle from childhood as well, right? Like, there's this way in which it feels so different and so like maybe even not okay. Mm. Yeah. My grandparents were poor. Um, mm -hmm. My parents were born in the 40s, which is like the golden generation in Sweden, uh, especially maybe like globally or like in the West, but yeah. especially in Sweden. Um, and that's only the most like, that's the reference I have <laughs> as well. So, um, so growing up in that um, working class, like middle, like lower uh, middle working class, but my parents have definitely made a class journey. Um, but yeah, I earned more money than my dad did at mm -hmm. the end of his career. And it's like, yeah, that feels and naughty. That's a lot to process. Yeah. You're almost like, wait, should we cut that part out? Cause that feels like very naughty. Right. Mm -hmm. And I tell him, I told him last week, I'm like, dad, 
this is what I made this month. And he was like, yeah. that's fucking amazing. Like, yeah. So it's not like I, I feel like I need to hide it from my dad. Totally. I do feel like I need to buy him a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and like stop having him pay for coffee when we go places. Yeah. Like well, you might have to pick up dinner <laughs> the next time yeah. you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, so I'll do that. <laughs> um, might make me feel less guilty. But like yeah. my, my brother as well. Or like all the people that work mm-hmm. so hard. You know? Yeah. I think even what you just said is so interesting and funny because I totally resonate with that of like wanting to do that for your parents and stuff. But I think it is also interesting too where like you have to watch that that's not the alleviation of guilt, where it's not like, well, now I make more in the way I don't feel guilty is then I do this for my family and I do this and I do – like you can do that because it feels like a desire and it feels really good. But notice how like quickly it can even be like, well, this is how I will alleviate my guilt then is – It's so spot on. Right. This weekend I'm going away with two of my friends and we chose a pretty fancy hotel and they were like – is this okay with you, Erica? I'm like, yeah, we're splitting it. Like, that's what I paid for a single hotel room, you know, a month ago. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and now, and now I felt like, oh, maybe I should pay for dinner or like, maybe I should just pay for the whole room because it would be like <laughs> stingy to like, let them split it. I don't know how much money they make, honestly. Yeah. Um but I know I'm making more than them. Um, Isn't that so interesting how it feels almost immediately like money equals responsibility? Yeah. Like, but not like the good kind, like the not good kind, right? Like where it's like the responsibility to cover everything to pay. Like, tell me about that. Like, does that feel like it comes from anywhere where it's like if I make more, I'm responsible for this stuff? Well, I think it also comes from a place that I've been pretty stingy um, before when I didn't make money when I was growing up. I always had the sense like there is not enough. Um, So I was never the person to be like, you know, paying for the round of beers like or like really, I don't know. I've never I've been super generous with my time, my emotions. I've always been the one coaching people and no wonder I turned into a nurse and a coach. Like I have spent my emotional capital Yes. Super generously on people, but never my actual like monetary capital because I haven't really had much or mm-hmm. I've had stuff in the bank that didn't feel like really available to me. Um, but, you know, I've always been fair and paid, but I've never been the one to, like, I'll pay this time or, you know, let's go out. I'll cover it. But I'm starting to do that now. But I also can see how it's turning into like coming from a guilt place. Yes, it almost turns into, yeah, like an apology. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, I'll make up for the 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of not buying for your glass of wine <laughs> or like yeah. whatever. Um, so, yeah, underspending, like overspending, I, I don't know. That might be like such an interesting exercise. Maybe you've done it, maybe you haven't. So tell me, but um, – Almost to be like, now that I am coming into more money, can I almost like pre-decide how I feel about this, where my lines are, what I want to do with it kind of thing? Because it's almost like the decision fatigue we were talking about earlier in totally different contexts. But like now that you have the opportunity, you're having to make all these new decisions with money. Do I cover the room? Do I not? Do I buy a drink? Do I not? Do I pay for dinner? Do I not? And it's so easy to get so fatigued around all those decisions. And then obviously with decision fatigue, usually what it leads to is in the moment, not making great ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so then we're making it from that emotional apologetic place or whatever. Um, So anyway, I don't know. Have you thought about like, oh, what are my lines around money now? What are my desires around money? Like, what does that look like? Well, my first desire is just to feel neutral Mm -hmm. about money. Um. deserving of the money that I earn like Mm -hmm. because the numbers won't change Mm -hmm. they will stay the same but how I relate to them I just want to feel neutral and deserving of them um and and celebratory 
And in terms of like those decisions, um, I think coming from a place of like desire rather than guilt, it could yeah. be a guiding, like a compass in a way. Uh, where, uh, where I feel like, you know, if I wanna, if I want this ice cream, I'll buy this ice cream. Like it could sometimes it can get so sick. Like even on like, you know, two dollar spendings, I can sometimes get like fucked up in the brain about spending money. Yeah, um, yeah. Like it feels like you shouldn't want that or you don't need that or something like that. Like it's excessive to buy. Yeah, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so excessive yeah I get what you're saying though totally yeah where and, and then but also then you feel like you should pay for a ho- whole hotel room that other people are staying in and so your brain's doing this like weird dance right mm-hmm. like the pendulum swings so far yeah yep mm-hmm. so finding that neutral place um yeah. and how will I do that I'm not sure but I guess it's first of all it's just catching the thoughts and identifying what's happening and uh, I'm really feeling into the somatic experience of like what goes on um and then and then from there uh coming from a place of desire no I actually do not desire for to pay for their hotel room (laughs) like and it's not my responsibility totally and Giving yourself – this is what I think is maybe interesting to play with. Giving yourself this space to feel into that before an experience until it becomes more second nature, right? So it's almost like if I wait until I'm there and I haven't quite like grounded into this new way of being or this new abundance or whatever, it's a little bit harder to almost like find myself in that, right? But if I can like sit with it for like whatever, five minutes before the experience and it's like – do I really want to pay for their hotel? No, that's not coming from desire at all. That's super obvious. Or like, would I want to pay for a round of drinks? I don't know. Let me sit with that. Would I like, you know, you can almost like take that time for yourself pre doing a thing. Or even if you go out to dinner with your dad, like, what's my experience of this? What do I want here? What's my desire? Like, just like do these like mini check-ins before. And then I think it becomes more second nature. So then you do it more in the moment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. I'll I'll experiment with that. (laughs) I think this is such an important conversation that Erica is letting us into around that guilt that making that much money can bring up and feeling, you know, so much responsibility with it. I feel like, you know, there's this way in which it seems like, you know, of course, making more money in your business is great. And like, that's all good. And like, it's all gravy and I want it and I can't wait to have it. But It does bring up things and that's why I'm so grateful to Erica for being on this season and showing us that like, yes, the big launch, the 40% increase, all of that is amazing. And here are the things we have to process alongside that. Cause that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast is really show all the versions of that journey. And so part of the journey looks amazing and it looks celebratory and part of the journey looks like, and now here's all of this responsibility and guilt that's coming up with it. So just really wanting to normalize that and normalize that there are so many good things about making more money in your business. And most of us have things that we have to process around that. And so taking the time to really look at that and really dive into that, get coaching around that, get support around that is one of the best things that we can do instead of feeling like it should all feel good. And if it doesn't, I'm doing it wrong. No, it is going to feel good in many ways. And there are going to be plenty of things that come up in other ways and you're not getting it wrong because of that. So, so beautiful to get to process this and really just wanting this to be a reminder that you have permission to process the things that are coming up around money too. Just because you're excited or growing in your business, it doesn't mean there aren't these things that come with it. And so giving yourself the grace and space to work through that is so important and such a gift. I feel like this is like so perfect that you're going away to almost be able to do that because it's like showing you where all the stuff is, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely desire a bottle of champagne. (laughs) 
Yes. And I feel like that's so beautiful. And then it's like, oh, I desire this and it feels celebratory and it feels good. And I'm happy to cover that. And that feels abundant versus like, well, because this one time 10 years ago, I didn't cover drinks at the bar. I should definitely <laughs> pay for your do hotel it. room. Yeah, I got it. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> almost exactly. Four, almost 40 years old, but, you know, carrying the guilt. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so interesting, too, how it's like, yeah, like we're we're just so conditioned to do that to ourselves because if you didn't have a – 40% increase in your launch or whatever, too. Like, then you'd feel guilty about that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so it's just, like, so good to be like, well, I'm definitely choosing this side of the spectrum. <laughs> like, this is better, yes. But, like, it doesn't mean I still don't have a lot to process around it. Like, I think sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking, like, well, once this happens, then all of that's easy. And it's like, once this happens, I just have more and different ways to process it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it feels like my body's expanding as well. Yeah. Totally. Do you feel like it It feels safe to do that or what ha- comes up for you when, it, when that feeling no, comes it, in? It feels safe, yeah. Um, and I think that's because I've been talking a lot about it. I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been talking with my husband about it a lot. Um, talking a lot about like value and pricing and cost and looking at you know different things uh that cost a lot that people buy anyways and um just like yeah figuring out like what's a rich person's mentality and um and what would be my own and what do I define as rich and all of those things yes I think that's exactly what we were talking about what is my like, what are my, like, values and decisions as a rich person? And, like, how do I get really clear on those now so it feels safe to let more money in versus, like, if I think letting more money in means I pay for everything for people, I owe people things, I whatever, <laughs> you're going to hit the brakes, right? I don't like, want to be rich. <laughs> yeah, like, that seems like a lot of responsibility and work, so I'm good, you know? <laughs> I'll go back to nursing. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where I don't have to pay for everybody's trips or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so good to be like, I mean, just want to give you so much credit for like continuing to pay attention to that and look at that because that is that underbelly where it, it's like a good thing is happening, but then we like hit the brakes so much because we're not processing like all we think that means. Like it would be so easy for you to like go off the rails right now, pay for everyone's hotel room pay for the trip, pay for the things, take your dad out, take your family out. And then you're going to be like, wait, what has happened? (laughs) Also, I probably don't want to do this again. So anyway, like really cool to be like deeply in thought around that now. So it feels like you're going to make decisions that align with like actually wanting to bring more in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then there's also this thing that's been coming up that I just thought about, like, I don't have to tell the world. (laughs) Like I don't have to Yes. Because I'm not guilty, I don't have to admit it. Like, it feels like I almost had to, like, you know, because it felt so naughty, I was like, oh, I have to tell them how much I made. And, like, no, if I desire to share it with someone in a celebratory way, I can do that. I can I can be selective about it. Um, but it's not like I have to confess anything. <laughs> like it's not, I'm not guilty. <laughs> I haven't done anything bad. Yeah. Um, but there was almost like it was getting into that like, oh, now I have to tell them. And, oh, maybe I should tell this person. Or maybe I have to tell this person. Oh, maybe I have to write on my Instagram because that's what other coaches do. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. I don't have to tell anyone. Oh, that's such a good thing to notice, right? We're like, yes, it's like, if I don't feel guilty, there's nothing to confess. Yeah. It's an, it is neutral, which is what you're wanting to bring to it. It's a neutral thing. It's like when you were a nurse, every time you went out with people, you didn't like feel the need to talk about your salary. No. Exactly. It's just neutral. Well, but I mean, I maybe did. you didn't love the salary, but you know, like in that sense, it was neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it also made me like not buy the drinks and not get the bottle of champagne. So it was it was impacting my uh my ability to follow my desires because yeah. money was a limiting factor. And uh but it was not something that I felt guilty about. Yeah. 
yeah. or had to confess or like say, no, I can't afford this. Uh, or or sometimes I did. I said, I can't afford this. I can't. Let's choose another hotel or let's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, like I really had to look at things and consider whether or not I could afford it. Um or how much I wanted it to eat into my savings and, you know, all of the things. Um, well, that's so- kind of interesting how you just said that, right? Because maybe that's why you almost feel like you're supposed to say something here because you're used to vocalizing stuff around money a little bit more. Yeah. I can't afford that. Let's choose something different, whatever. You know, like being more used to being like in conversation or vocalizing that. And now it feels like, well, now I just have nothing to say about it. So like maybe I should tell them or whatever, right? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's actually um, – it's quite, it's quite an interesting um, thought and reflection um, because now with more abundance and this expansive business and the trajectory of where I want to go um, into the, you know, the millions and millions and millions. <laughs> yes. Um, it feels kind of odd that I can just buy whatever I want or yeah. do whatever I want. And there's still a desire to be smart and effective and not waste money. But I also, there is something, uh, in like a rich mentality around like, if I want to spend 10 grand on things that make my life easier or on cleaning or on whatever, then I can do that. Yeah. It's so funny because even when you say that, you almost are like, ooh. <laughs> right? You're like, I can do that. And your shoulders <laughs> pop immediately, right? <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I didn't look at myself in the in the little thing. I didn't even see it as well. So it, mm-hmm. it is that feeling of like naughty, guilty, ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's still, there is still some like contraction Definitely. associated with that, which I think like, listen – that's going to come over time. Like I think the newness of even saying that out loud probably, like maybe that's like one of the few times you've like even said that out loud to someone that's like not your husband or whatever of like, oh, I can just like do this. And so I think it's just almost like the practice of that, right? Yeah. And one thing that I've been doing as well is just comparing up because it's so, so we're so used to comparing down and like oh I have so much more than this person or I have so much more than this person and when I look at like no offense but like real estate people like honestly they earn a lot of money for doing not a lot of (laughs) (laughs) like and like I transforms people's lives Mm -hmm. so 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 it's almost like seeing like Yes, there are people that have less, but look at all these people that have more. And, like, I'm not expecting them to do a certain amount of, like, work to earn it or whatever, right? Mm. No, and I don't judge them anymore. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. I don't. What was your judgment before? Like, they should be doing more, they should work harder, or? I think just, like, you're bad people. (laughs) Like, I don't know, something around, like, just, like, money equals bad. Mm. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, you've unwound that judgment outwardly, and now you have to unwind it inwardly a little bit, too, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, I can afford what I want. I can do this. I can do that. Like, you, you, that immediate, like, subconscious, like, and that means you're bad is what's probably Mm. popping up here, right? Mm. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, it, does, it feels like a big expansion. Um, yes. And there are still moments of like, oh, <laughs> I guess dodge myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that's like, that's always going to be the journey. It's not like you're just like, oh, we have one conversation and you just feel great and you're there. That's not it, right? It's going to be like multiple different levels and layers and conversations and all of that. But like the important part is that you're leaning into that and exploring it. You're not like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way or, oh, it's fine or like, oh, that's not a thing. You're like, this is the thing actually. (laughs) So how do I keep like vocalizing it, talking about it, leaning into it, learning from it, et cetera. So I think you're doing like all the right things there, you know? Thank you. I'm happy to hear that. It's kind of fun, right? (laughs) It is. Fuck, money's fun. (laughs) Yes, it's so fun. And I I think it's so fun to be like, like, 
it's like the juicy thing, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, I, I still have stuff here that I have to work through. And that feels so fun and juicy to get to work through it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've been definitely thinking about what you've said, I think on our discovery call or whatever, and that I've been reading about a lot in like money psychology and rich people's like, mentality. It's truly like, well, you know, money doesn't make you happy. No, but money gives you the freedom and the yeah. possibilities to make yourself happy. And yes. that's really what I've what I'm seeing. Like, wow, the possibilities that come with a larger like capital and and like financial resources. It makes me happy. <laughs> I could do the things that I desire. That and I'm not gonna like, you know. I still hold myself back from buying the shoes because I think it's unnecessary to you know waste the the uh, like um environmental resources so i'm not going to become a jerk and like you know fill my wardrobe with useless shit or you know buy a new i didn't buy a new iphone when i broke my screen i repaired it i mm-hmm. i can afford mm-hmm. a new iphone but i think it's unnecessary mm-hmm. so i'm seeing that it's not changing my core values and i've yes. been a- I've been afraid about this and I know that people say money only, uh, you know, amplifies who you are and all that. But I've been like, yeah, no, that's not true. I'll become a bad person because look <laughs> at those real estate agents. There, no, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, you know, I've, it, it's true. And again, no offense. <laughs> but, but It's just like a thing you had in your head, right? Yeah, It's yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. the thing. Um, and... And I'm really seeing that it's not, it's actually true that it makes me happier and it doesn't change my core values. I also think, you know, this is what you were alluding to there, but like, you know, your core value being freedom. And so you tying money to freedom, I think is so helpful for you there because it starts to feel aligned versus like, where you were kind of dancing with money earlier and what we're dancing out of is money equals responsibility, which is the antithesis <laughs> of what you're wanting and your value, right? Yes. That's so interesting. Yeah. You're like, I mean, not like that you're not responsible, but responsibility again with all that negative connotation of like, it's all on your shoulders, da da da, da right? And so I think it's just so cool to keep that money equals freedom, connection going because as soon as you dip back into money equals responsibility and all of that, it's going to create contraction there because it feels like that's the that's the literal opposite of what I'm trying to create, right? Yeah. Yes. I feel my throat like expanding and also contracting at the same time. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot moving moving around in there right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also really big. I don't know if this still is true for you, but like because your business has that launch model associated with it, like you have to process a lot at once. Like it's like all this money and people just came into my business in the span of like two weeks. So you like there is so much like metabolizing that looks different as- around that. Right. Mm. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. And then also to tie this into like the mastermind thing, because you know, like I said, in base camp or whatever, someplace um, like, <laughs> will people, you know, what will people judge me for charging these things? Like, yes. Um, like, old schoolmates like from when I was 15 years old that you know are waitresses or god forbid yeah. nurses you know whatever oh my gosh the nurses yes <laughs> <laughs> you know and they yeah. see me and I'm like oh I want to charge like three grand for my mastermind like <gasps> oh their judgment but yeah. it feels much easier because I'm not judging other people anymore yes. um but it 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 actually like remarkably it feels remarkably more neutral totally when i read that from you it almost felt like you were saying it to clear it not saying it as a stopping point and i think that's different mm. right mm. 
Yes, I think like, that's true. I'm like clearing it out. I just want to vocalize this. I need to like get it out of my brain versus like, I think this is a reason I shouldn't do it. Like those are very different things, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And one thing that's been coming up as well is I want to charge for the mastermind what I use to charge for a full like 10 session coaching package. Yeah. Um, so feeling a little bit guilty towards the people on my wait list. <laughs> mm. Uh I mean, good problem to have a wait list, but also feeling like, oh, no, I've raised the prices. Um, what will they say and think? And like, oh, you know, I failed them by not, you know, enrolling them into a package before. And now I've raised my prices. And, you know, what? how will I solve that? <laughs> mm. um, but I think that's also just a clearing. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, And I found a solution in it. I think today or yesterday when I looked at my wait list and I was like, oh, God, the responsibility, all these people. When am I ever going <laughs> to fit, fit them in? Not that they're all going to sign up. I don't even know if they're still interested. But it's like, oh, I'll just invite them into the mastermind because I'm not doing one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore. <laughs> so I think there's a really big difference between sometimes having fear that we just need to clear out versus having fear that makes us stop or change course. So... I think Erica was a really good example of that here. And I wanted to point that out because sometimes I feel like one of two things can happen. Either we feel like any fear means we should stop or change course, or we feel like we're not allowed to just name fears unless they're making us stop. So sometimes, you know, we can almost feel like guilty about that, but the best thing we can do is name and clear fears as they come up. Even if we don't feel like it's a reason to stop, they're still present, they're still there. So being able to really name that and clear it without feeling like it means I should stop, but without making it wrong that you just need to get it out of your system is so valuable. And again, this is where coaching can be so valuable too, as a place to just get it out and clear it. Or a fear inventory can be really valuable here. We need a place to get it out and clear it so that it doesn't get bigger and bigger and eventually make us stop. So just noting that, and I think also noting that from a coaching perspective of helping a client differentiate almost what support they need. They're like, hey, do you need support here to just kind of be held while you clear this? Or like, is this really making you want to stop and we need to process that? So that's also a good differentiator because not all fear is going to show up the same for us. So whether you're helping your clients clear that or you need to clear some of yourself, I hope this is just a reminder that sometimes there is a big difference between fear that needs to be cleared and fear that makes us stop or change course. So, so what I hear is the mastermind solves this whole problem in your business. Yes. Yeah. It's so, it's so um, helpful, I think, to see what we make things mean. And I think especially with like a small child and all of these things, like it's so easy and like so pervasive of a feeling to default to like everyone needs something from me because like they do. <laughs> right. And I think it's just helpful that to see how like that bleeds over where it feels like everyone on the wait list needs me. Everyone needs something from me. And we can just start to like rewrite that almost where it's like, they're all like, they're all fine. They're all great. They're all going to be thrilled about this offer. No one like needs me in this certain way there and kind of like playing with that difference. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I've been feeling pretty like solid and stable in how I have boundaries with my one-on-one -on -one clients and, yeah. you know, I take time off. I don't work during weekends. Like I don't yes. feel guilty for not responding. And I even have in my contract that I'll respond within 48 business hours. And yes. so <clears throat> I think with that, um, when they're in, I feel pretty like balanced with the with that yes. relationship mm -hmm. but the people on the wait list also because yes. it's like that feeling like oh you know will they like will they still want to buy is money coming in how how much can i rely on the strategy and you know projected income and you know cuz i don't have that evidence yet yeah totally well you haven't really pulled people off the wait list in a <clears throat> in a big way yet. So it feels like this 
nebulous, uncertain thing, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good, I think, actually, because you know how we were talking about how like the like treating the treating the mastermind launch is like full experiment. Mm. I feel like even like add that to the experiment portion of it where we're going to experiment with like how active is your wait list? How engaged are they? How quick are they to buy? And like the answer doesn't matter. It's just being in the experiment of it kind of thing, right? Mm. Yes. Because I, I did feel like desire and excitement when I was like, oh, when we have this super sexy wait list page, I'll send that to them. What a beautiful thing to like reach out with when they haven't yes. heard from me in a while. So that that actually felt exciting when I thought about the solution. Um but otherwise my brain can get into these like, oh, we have so much work to do. Oh, we have so much responsibility. Oh, you know, oh, say I'm sick. Oh, 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 you know, bookkeeping. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I outsource it, but yeah. still like I have to manage and maintain it. Um, totally. And all that's true, right? Like Sam was sick. You do have to do bookkeeping. Like it really is all there and all things needed from you. But yeah, I think like in any area you can, like with the mastermind or whatever, just like reworking that relation to it is so helpful. But yeah, like let's send them the waitlist page let or the mastermind waitlist page. Let's make sure they know something's coming. Like, and I think the energy at which you present it is how they'll experience it. Like again, not as an apology. I'm so sorry. I can't get you in. Here's this other thing. No. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. And I usually don't come from that place when I do no, write totally. them, but sometimes it can linger inside a little bit or at least like mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 100%. 100%. And like, you know, I think it's so good that you're just paying attention to that relationship with it because that is going to continue to be the thing you unwind over and over again as your business grows, where now you're holding lots of people. I mean, you have like there are 100 people that you're yeah. holding, you know? With the re-engagement list from last launch, it's 100 people in the course. Yeah. Plus one-on-one. Yes. Like, that's a lot to be holding space for. And so, yeah, you're just going to have to keep reworking. Like, what does that mean? What's my relationship to that? How do I do that without it feeling like the weight of responsibility that makes me want to be like, bye. Can we just take a moment and celebrate that? Can you just say that again? <laughs> yes. hundred people. So currently. <laughs> yes. Please you're say hold- it. <laughs> <laughs> currently, you are holding like, what? Like 110 people. Maybe more. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing. I feel deeply moved. I feel deeply proud. And like like I've accomplished something so incredibly just beautiful and amazing. I feel like the – like thinking about like what would like – the past you that was that nurse that had to, you know, say she couldn't do a bunch of things or whatever. And now to think about like holding a hundred people and then getting to do really amazing stuff for yourself too and getting the money and what that means. Like think about like that whole conversation, right? Yeah. She would be like, fuck yeah, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking get it. (laughs) right she wouldn't be like i hope you're apologizing to everyone now that you're there no she's like we've been dreaming about this our whole lives yeah soak it up get the champagne erica mentioned how we always hear that idea that money is a magnifier but just feeling into how true that is and you know there's just so much to metabolize after a big launch around money Right, so when you have like a huge amount of money come in all at once, having to really process what that means and having to see like, where do I sit with this? Like, I think Erica was almost like, oh, what will happen to me? Will my values change? And I think it's so beautiful for her to kind of give us that perspective and insight that no, it really has been her experience that money is a magnifier, that her values have stayed the same. Now, it doesn't mean she doesn't have to process how those look now. 
or what leads they're showing up or you know how different it can feel but seeing the value stay the same i think is really grounding and safety creating around letting money in if we feel like money will totally change us it can feel really unsafe to let it in if we realize that money is probably going to magnify what is already there and we like what's there and we like our values then it gives us more of safety and an opening to let it in so just wanted to speak to that and see if that's something that you can kind of play with this week like if you're trying to hit that next income goal how can you make yourself feel safe in letting that in how can you realize that it will probably just magnify the values that you already have at play do you feel really good about letting it in ask yourself that journal on that see what comes up for you I feel like that statement you said is just a big one that like you're going to need to like write down somewhere or do some like practices or journaling around. I am at the thing I have been dreaming about my whole life. Mm. Yeah. Like, well, welcome to that. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's really like, I feel a deep sense of awe and Yeah. Like towards myself, like I'm in awe. Yeah, of totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in awe of myself. It's not God. <laughs> it's not someone else. It's me. <laughs> I did it. Mm-hmm. I fucking did it. And this is just the beginning. I think that's really cool. What you said, like where when the guilt comes up, that's almost where you can step back into is that awe of what I've created awe of what I've done, where we don't have to make it about hard work so much as we're making it about that, like, I don't have to feel guilty because I truly feel like I did this stuff to step into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been, it's been, what, almost seven years since I had the idea, since I had the desire, the ever, like the first ever desire of working with something sexuality related in some way, shape and form. And yeah, and now, and I could have done it sooner or quicker or it could have taken longer, whatever. It's really irrelevant, but it's been seven years. I remember the moment like when I was like, ooh, ooh, I want to do this. Right. Seven freaking years. Yeah. Like pinnacle moment. Right here, right now, right? Yeah, imagine And launching in the mastermind is going to be a pinnacle moment. Well, and actually that's even what's funnier is like I think it's so much like a of a compound effect kind of thing. So it's like your next version of seven years drastically shrinks almost or comes sooner is what I meant to say. Yeah. Because the compound effect just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's like the first, you know, workup to something I feel like is always the hardest. And then I think it really does just get easier and easier and easier to create faster yeah. results, right? I mean, we saw a 40% increase from a right. launch six months ago. Yep. So, yeah. I don't have to wait seven years to launch the mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> no. I yeah, don't even have to wait seven freaking months, right? <laughs> exactly. There's no... Yeah, there's no correct or right or wrong or whatever. I'm ready. I'm ready. I think a really helpful way to think about this, yeah, is basically like the trajectory is in motion. You know what to do. We even talked about this on our discovery call, right? Like you know what to do. You know like the strategy. You know like that the business is going to continue working, your job is to keep doing what we did in this call, which is to like unwind all the stuff that would make you want to like freeze or hit the brakes or whatever, because the the snowball is rolling down the mountain and we just have to like help it keep rolling. <laughs> yeah. And remove all the freaking things that the snowball would hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on its way down, right? Mm. Yeah. Totally. It's like, oh, the snowball would hit all this guilt shit. Okay, great. Let's push that to the side for a second. The snowball would hit, like, you know, the intensity of responsibility. Great. Let's get like that. I think it's just so helpful to think about almost like the business is doing a thing and you just get to keep like getting out of the way of that growth happening. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. I kind of see myself like running on the snowball. (laughs) Like, Yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's exciting. It 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 for sure is very exciting. Um, <sighs> yeah, because it's <clears throat> the internal reality is so rich and like complex. <laughs> oh gosh. The most <laughs> complex. The bit the business stuff is easy. What's what I always find so funny, and I just have to say this because it's like exactly what happened today, and I'm like obsessed with this, but it's like it's almost always when we feel like we need strategy that we need mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say like, fuck you, Lacey. <laughs> right. You're like, so today I would like to talk about strategy and it's like, okay, great. So money mindset, interesting, right? Like, <laughs> it's just so funny how that is. Mm. Yeah, I have a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep, you got one of those. <laughs> I don't need you to help me with that, really. I have one. It's obviously working. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can help just, me find you. Just increased by 40%. I mean, like, obviously, you're just really fucking up this whole strategy thing, right? So this funny thing happens so often where a client thinks they need one thing in terms of mindset, strategy, and execution. And so often we realize they need another. I've talked about this quite a bit. I actually think in the Do the Work series, Kate Scudder and I talked about this a bit there too. But so it's so funny that, you know, Erica really came in saying like, I need strategy. This is a strategy call, right? And this almost turned into an entirely (laughs) mindset processing call. And, you know, just seeing how sometimes what we feel like we need is not always what it turns into or not always what we need. And then being willing to flow with that, right? Making it not wrong that it wasn't a strategy call, but that you really needed mindset support or even quite the opposite, you know, coming in and feeling like you need mindset and realizing that like, really the strategy is just off and I need to dive into that. So again, a reason why coaching is helpful because it gives us that perspective and that space to dive into what we really need sometimes. And it also holds us in the container of getting that need met. So, you know, just being able to be adaptable to that, you know, not being a coach that feels like they have to go in with strategy um, because the client said that, but really being able to read and adapt to the need that's present for that client and what's coming up. So just a reminder that sometimes the things change that we need, but also a reminder that the mindset processing and taking a moment here like we did to realize everything that she has been working toward, everything that she has accomplished, like that is the real stuff of growth. So sure, we could have spent time on strategy in this session, but what she needed was to really have that moment of owning all of this, of processing all of this, of having that moment to realize what she's actually achieved, that everything she's been working for is here. Like that is the stuff of growth. That is the stuff of quantum leaps. That is the stuff that keeps us going and motivated and all of those things. So just a really cool moment to see how like mindset really is the thing there and those strategy can be valuable, is valuable, certainly would have been valuable here in some small way, really diving into this idea of like, let me metabolize everything that's here. Let me process all this stuff that's coming up around money. That's the stuff that really moves us forward. That's the stuff that brings our business to a new level. So permission to change what you need, permission to let that evolve, and definitely permission to do the mindset work and processing and embodiment stuff of where you're at and letting yourself really sit in that and relish in that. I think that's the thing we skip over so often, but it's the thing that really brings the biggest results in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, and the beautiful thing was I sent out the news that are email today and um and this one woman uh returned the email and said i'm buying your course next time (laughs) oh because i talked about you know i'm so sorry i've been yeah yeah, well i didn't say sorry i said i i just want to acknowledge that i've been bombarding you with a lot of emails you know i've been selling this course and this is how i make my money um you never have to buy anything but like just thank you for your patience with me and like this is how i can offer a lot of free content to you forever. Um, uh, and then I wrote a beautiful newsletter and she hit reply and said, you know, thank you for everything that you do. And I'm definitely buying your course next time. And it was like, ah, oh, can't wait for the next launch. <laughs> I just have to 
really commend you for a second there because that is such a beautiful way, such a beautiful way to relate to and engage with your audience because I think it is so easy to get in that mentality of like, you should be here, you should be buying from me kind of thing. And so to just be like, hey, like I want to be able to keep serving you and this is what that service looks like and this is what that exchange looks like and and not like a shamey, blamey, weird energy kind of thing. But like, I truly appreciate the fact that someone like wants to listen to me and learn from me on this shit is like amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I feel, yeah, that gave me a nice feeling inside hearing that. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of work to get to that point <laughs> in your brain and business. So anyway, I just wanted to really say like, that's, that's big to be able to be like, I love you. I want you to buy from me. And I love you if you're not buying from me. And it's all as well. Yeah. Yeah. And right? I actually got a lot of responses to that email. So obviously people resonated with that. Totally. Totally. Because it doesn't feel like you're like, and don't be here if you're not buying almost. It's like, you're welcome here too. And they're probably like, oh my gosh, thank you. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so buy good. from me next time. <laughs> but also buy my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? You're. I think we can go so far the other way too where we're like, you never need to. It's totally fine. Like being in that apologetic thing, but like span, spanning that bridge of like both. You should definitely buy from me. I'm going to charge premium rates, whatever. And <laughs> hang out, get value, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that feels neutral as well. Which yes, feels good. Totally. <laughs> so good. I feel like you're just crushing it. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, and it's it's so good to have someone to have these like elevated conversations with. Absolutely. Okay, so if you <laughs> if you need a strategy question, you can definitely <laughs> ask, <laughs> ask me in Basecamp. But like basically send send your other people the waitlist page once that's up. I think it looked great. Um, and then we'll kind of just start to go from there and like start to push that wait list. And then you get to take some time off and enjoy and then we'll come back at it. Yes. No, I I will um, make a little like concrete, not drawing, but like list of things that I consider list. my yeah. my strategy. And then you can insert and we can inject and tweak. Um, but I have the strategy in my mind and I've been doing it. Yeah. Obviously it works, but let's make it yeah. really concrete um, and map it out. And then I can rest in that that decision has been made. It's clear. We agree. And, and just execute. Yes. I think that's such a theme of this call almost is like, pre-making a lot of these decisions so you don't feel like you're carrying so much of that in your brain all the time, whether that's with strategy or money or whatever. It's almost like, how do we pre-make as many decisions as possible? So I think that's perfect. Deal. (laughs) Beautiful. All right. Have such a fun weekend with your people. Yes. This weekend with your girlfriends? Yeah. I was like, what What am I doing? Yes. Right. Yes. It's this weekend. (laughs) Yes. Beautiful. Okay. We'll have the best time. Keep me posted in base camp and I'll talk to you soon. I will. You too. Bye-bye. Appreciate you. Bye. Same. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.